This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I'm Emily Thompson from Wellington, Florida. You are listening to a special jumping edition of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network for May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, episode 1162, brought to you today by Esquestrian and Epos.com. Good morning, horse world. Oh, my God. It's Tuesday. It's top-class show jumping uh, at the very best. Every horse is different, and you've got to be able to understand and read each different horse. Remember, we're looking for those clears in this round to go forward to the jump off. You can't ask for anything more. It's just pure theatre. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Horses in the Morning. We appreciate you stopping by, and we want to welcome Emily back. She's here the first Tuesday of every month to talk jumping. Good morning, Emily. Good morning, Glenn. Happy to be back. Well, it's good to have you back for, for all our new listeners, which we have a bunch of here lately. We just want to say that Emily is a professional show jumper and also entrepreneur in the horse world. We'll talk a little bit oh more about that. So she knows what she's talking about. She's an expert in everything. Uh, this is a big title. I don't know. I don't know if I can live up to it. I like it. You know, Glenn's, Glenn's like my fan club, but it may, it may be a little steep. We'll see. We'll see. I'm going to try. Well, let me tell you, though, you do have a knack for booking shows full. Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you what. Jennifer is going to tell us everything that you have uh, scheduled for today. And then after she's done, the show will be over because there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will try to uh, pare it down to its barest. So on today's jumping episode, we will take a final look back at this year's Las Vegas World Cup final and the ISHA finals with Kama Godek and Megan Taylor. And then we're going to take a look forward to the upcoming Devon Horse Show with Nicole Lakeham. And in the here and the now, Michael Dowling has a trainer's tip right before Jen Blumenthal takes us ringside. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. She's tired just listening it's to that. It's packed. I, I laughed, Glenn, too. <laughs> you, you gave me a hard time last time about booking so many, and it came out that we really, you know, I, I do ask a lot of people, and then sometimes a few people say yes. So then I have to go back and be like, I'm sorry, like, it's first come, first serve. But then I try to book them onto the next one. But I really feel bad. It's like fun and everybody gets excited but there are a few people i have to to tell them i'm sorry you know you got to text back faster but I'll yeah, we have next time. we have that happen too and and you do you te- you always ask more guests than you plan on uh, now that's yeah. gotten easier for us through the years when we first started nobody knew who we were we only had 12 listeners it was tougher so we would have to ask yeah. like five guests to make sure we got one on but that's gotten a lot easier over the years. But I understand. I get it. Plus, you're only on once a month. you got to fit it all in an hour and a half. I know. I know. There's so much content. But I think we've got a nice balance plate here. You do. Got a little and bit I got, of everything. I, but before that, we got to talk about the important stuff. 
Your yeah. husband came home from Italy. Oh my to gosh. See you. Thank God. That was a long season. He was over there. It was great. You know, he was, it was good professionally. Uh, but those of you that know me, um, I, I do, like Jen said, work quite a few different jobs and horse professional is one of them. I'm active out there, not on a huge scale, but enough doing some sales and ponies and little things through personal context, you know, it's through, for, for friends and through people. Um, but it, it just got so busy. I don't even know how, how we were getting it all done. And then I've got my own horses I'm trying to show and, you know, traveling for the clothing line and all of this. But since he's been back, it is like, I mean, I, I feel like there's like three of me working. It's awesome. He cares. He <laughs> takes so much responsibility. You really appreciate somebody, you know, and they leave and come back. I'm like, wow. You know, I was, I told you a few, uh, I guess it was a few episodes ago. You know, I got up at like five or whatever to get out to the barn and get my stalls done and get the horses probably turned out or something. Cause our show, you know, goes until 1030. I wouldn't be there until 1130 or noon. And you know, I'm in charge. They can't just stand in until, until noon. So it was, it was crazy time. I'm glad that season's over. Totally. Now, how long was he in Italy? He was in Italy for three months. Now he was riding horses every day and everything over there, right? Oh yeah. He had like eight and nine horses to ride and he was living in like this little cabin at the farm on the, it was a breeding farm. The guy is the, um, the vet for the Italian Olympic team, but he has his own private breeding program. So, you know, there's a lot of young horses and sometimes it's not a glamorous job, although he did have a few high, high jumping horses. He had a 150 horse that was going to move up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he was so busy. He was like, morning to evening, riding, riding, riding. So then I was going to ask if he gained like the Italy 10 pounds from eating all that good pasta and drinking all that wine, but I guess he was riding enough horses to work it off. He was riding, so no, he didn't. But I'll tell you what's funny, though, is because he does have a pretty serious gluten allergy. He always has here in the States. Really? Yeah, really and bad. And he went to Italy? Uh, oh. Yeah, I know. And we were, I was like, <laughs> well, how is this going to work? But he really did eat the pasta, and he was fine. And then when he came home, he started getting the headaches again because he was like, no, you know, it's been fine in Italy. But, you know, I think the posture might be a little different or whatever. You know, he definitely was aware of it. But sure enough, he he did start getting the headaches again. So now we're back gluten free. It's like a health kick. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. They probably use different flowers and stuff over there. And they make fresh pasta, too. It doesn't have all the preservatives and stuff in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the no way thing. he could eat pasta like that. Like he was like, I was eating it every day for dinner. He was sending me pictures and stuff. And yeah. Now, did he no come headache. home with about 25 bottles of red wine? <laughs> no, he didn't. But he was he he would have if he could have. He was telling me the uh, the neighbor made wine, and so whenever they wanted wine, they would just walk next door, and the neighbor was like, Oh yes, fantastic! And would like hand them bottles of wine. All of Paulo's <laughs> horses are actually named after wine, if you can believe it. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. They're very <laughs> Italian. <laughs> he was, was actually in an area where they make wine, too, in Italy. He was, uh, yeah. they grow the grapes up there. So, he, yeah. 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 Well, that's very cool. I'm glad he's back for your sake because, you know, <laughs> when you're in this horse business, you do need a support. You need support. And that's, oh, yeah. you know, that, that's why we get married, right? Because you, you need somebody to help out. Uh, that's yeah, why horse, like I teamwork. determined that. That's why horse women marry, is they, they need help. Uh, otherwise they'd probably stay single. So that's what I figured out. <laughs> Where it's an independent crowd, I guess, but yeah, it's for sure. You you got to do it with a partner. It's, it's really, it can be very grueling. Well, I'm glad that he's back. Now you've had a busy month been traveling all over the place. Oh, I know. It's just nonstop. I always, I like, 
okay, my first passion is show jumping. I love riding. I love showing. I like jumping big jumps, riding at top horse shows. I would love to jump on the global tour one day. So that's, you know, where my heart is at. So I keep, I'll, I'll look at the calendar. I'm like, oh, look, I think there's like three weeks in a row that I'm going to be with the horses at the horse show and I can start ramping up to show because, you know, it takes a couple of weeks to get, if I haven't shown in a while, start in a smaller class and then build up. Uh, so I, I keep trying to make Is that, that for your benefit Whether, or the horses, by the way. Uh, um, I think it's a little bit both. I just, oh. <laughs> uh, I think it's better when you haven't shown in a while. I mean, I don't start really low. She starts in like the one twenty fives or one thirties, but you just, I think that you being comfortable on your horse, you just in the ring, throwing the different questions at you. If you get a little bit, I, I find that I'm definitely rusty after a few weeks and I do this for a living. So I think it's valid to just, have work out the kinks at a little bit of a smaller height and then you can go up to the bigger height and not have so much wear and tear on your horse because the reality is if you're making herky-jerky decisions or asking for it to sprout wings and fly into the triple combination like that's wear and tear you want to keep that to a minimum and you can get that out of the way hey it happens but you can get it out of the way at the smaller jumps that's my feeling i see other people do it too i don't know if it's always for the rider some people think that their horses or not think they realize they're very spooky and they have to go in and, and kind of like feel their way around the course the first time first circuit you'll see some like grand prix horses go in the 125s and stuff in wellington i'm always looking at the uh the listings the the horses what their classes are the horses of interest see what people are doing but for whatever reason you do see that frequently it must suck when you got the grand prix horses in your class and you're just working your way up (laughs) Oh, I know. Fuck but off. then you feel great. You're like, okay, I was fifth, but look who else was here. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there are, like, there are five you, horses you don't in the class, it. but I, I competed against those Grand Prix horses. <laughs> totally. Which is why I love going to the top horse shows, even though I'm not always riding the big classes and my other businesses keep me keep me busy. But being in proximity to those top horses and the top the top course designers, the footing and all of it, it's it's awesome. Even I, I got like an 11th place place ribbon on the mare, this circuit. But okay, there were like 75 people in the class and everybody was an Olympian and a lot of them were horses that were showing in the Grand Prix. So you're like, that's like what, probably what one of the best What color is 11th ribbon. place, by the way? Oh, I feel bad. I, I didn't even go pick it up. I don't know. <laughs> I, I never, I don't think I've ever won an 11th place. I didn't even know they gave ribbons to 11th place. So they must be like making up colors. They must have gone to the color wheel and like, said, <laughs> Chartreuse. It's like light blue and gray or, or, or gray okay. or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like that. Uh, but it comes with a check, which is most important. So I was like, ah, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I have a memento. What for color me. is the check? Doesn't matter what color yeah, the ribbon. Right. Is. Right. Color no, the exactly. It all My job was already it's done. <laughs> well, it's funny, but it is. It's in, you know, you look at the company you're in, and then it's personal best. I think as a competitor, you've just got to focus on your situation with your animal. But I got to ask you a question. Came up yesterday. We were discussing it in yesterday's Horses in the Morning with Jamie and Leslie from Horse Nation. They did an article on on the the warm up ring and how long and what you should be doing in the warm up ring. And this was for for dressage riders. And they were talking forty five minutes in the warm up ring. And I I just struck me oh as God. a long time. <laughs> Would I, you, that's how long? funny that you say that because I noticed right. that when I went to watch the big freestyle event, I was like, wow, I mean, these horses are really working hard. I thought it was just because it was cold. Maybe but they were God, trying to work. If I drove my pony in a warm up ring for 45 <laughs> minutes, he'd be done. He'd be, I'd have to drag his ass out of there. I'd totally. be pulling him. 
<laughs> right? No, totally. Even the, even my mare, she's hot, hot, hot. But uh, but I, you know that 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 sounds like rails to me. The jumps are going to come down. She's going to get you know tired too long. I just fifteen twenty minutes. That's it. And that I walk. It takes me ten minutes to walk from the barn here. I stable just a little bit off the ground so that I can hack on. So it's like maybe fifteen minutes if you want to give that walking, and then maybe fifteen minutes warming up. Ten at the most at the jumps. But I try to just jump like you know, as little jumps as possible. Although we have seen people, you know, at jumper shows that are in there with their coach and they're just, they, they're, they're jumping for a half an hour before they ever go in the class. It is. And I'm just like to those people, like, this is a horse show. This is not a horse lesson. And exactly. like, you need to give up that jump. You've had that jump for too long. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's go. And they Ugh. do treat like that. It's almost like a lesson. And I always thought, heck, if you're going in the show in five minutes, you better have learned it yesterday. You're not going to figure it out <laughs> so today. Funny. Yes. It's so true, I know. And then you're a little nervous for them. You're like, God, I hope they got it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. But like, exactly. it's so much harder to ride in the schooling area. So it's, I don't know. I, I, with my mom, even if she doesn't find the best distances, I just want her to feel good and not wear out the horse. And he's going to be doing a lot of work in there too. So just a few warm up and in you go. You know, be different who in the also was on a long time before they start. They're not always riding. A lot of times they're just sitting there. But it's the rainers. They'll, Are they'll they? get ready. They're they're on their horse an hour ahead of time. They're they're working them for a half an hour, and then they just sit there. In, in the Western world, it seems to be a thing that you're on your horse really, really early, and those horses are really good at standing still. So yeah. you know, you'll, they'll just stand back there for for half an hour, an hour before they ever do their ride, and it's just just sitting, you know, standing on their horse. It's like, wow. I, 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 get, think, uh, oh, I guess oh, for God. them, it's a little bit, it's like a ranch horse. So, you know, yeah, they're just traditionally, hanging out. I guess that's what they would do. Yeah. And so that's like suppleness or, Hurry but up yeah, and everybody's wait. different. <laughs> Hurry up and wait. We're really good yeah. at that. Yes. Everybody does a little bit of that. Oh, God. Well, excited for our first guest. She's ready to come on because yeah. uh, this is something that Jennifer and I used to do on a regular basis when we lived in Pennsylvania. Oh, that's fun. That's right. I forgot you guys live there. So I thought this would be a fun sort of uh, news segment here. Normally we have Jennifer Wood Media come on and give us the news blast. And we do have a lot of interesting news topics that we'll probably circle back with uh, our last ringside segment. But we wanted to bring on somebody to talk about Devon, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. It's one of the coolest horse shows in the country. It's really, um, it is show jumping in the U.S. So we have Nicole Lakeham, who is from barnmanager.com. She is the business partner to our very own ringside girl, Jennifer Blumenthal, who comes on last. And she is local there to Devon, the Pennsylvania hunter jumper scene. She was a top riding junior. For those of you that know the A circuit, Uh, she rode at Beacon Hill and Equitation. And now she's doing jumpers. She's just cruising on ahead, doing the AOs. She's splitting her time, working. She's a little bit like me, a scattered working girl, but she knows what's up. So Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yay, I'm so glad you could make it. This was like on the fly a little bit. We were booking this segment. I thought, wait, we should definitely talk about Devin. It's coming up, and it's so great that you got all this experience. (laughs) And you can kind of let people know, like, what it is. What is Devin? Because we all that have – I've shown there since I was a kid, too. It's one of my favorite horse shows. But it's something special. It's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I grew up about 45 minutes from the Devon area, um, and it was always something just like super special and, and like there's something magical about it. It's, you know, one of, one of the oldest horse shows remaining in America, some of the best riders in the country. And 
you know, just being able to qualify and set foot in the Dixon Oval is something that I think every young um, aspiring rider, hunter jumper rider, you know, aims for at some point. Um, it was also for me, you know, one of my first times being exposed to some other disciplines. And I think that's something else that makes it a really special place. Um, and it's it just, I mean, there really aren't enough words to, to describe how special it is when you're, you're growing up in the area and then you finally get to, to walk in that ring and, and have your own Devon experience. Well, it's one of the it le- it's one of the only horse shows left in America that really has that old timey feel. It feels, you know, when you walk on the grounds, you kind of feel like you're stepping back in time because it almost feels like you're back in the middle, you know, 1940s or 50s. It kind of just feels old timey. Am I wrong about that? No, it absolutely does. There's so much history there and you feel like you're a part of history when you're visiting or competing or, you know, just spectating or even well, going there just to ride the rides. Or to shop. I mean, and they they have uh, all the shopping is in those little shacks, you know, and it's just it's just mm-hmm. kind of a, I, it's the only one I can think of that's set up like it is because because a lot of it is left over from 100 years ago and they haven't changed it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's true. Even like the yeah. stalls and everything, everything has that very permanent old uh, structure feel. And then the the Ferris wheel is one of my favorite yep. attractions. <laughs> yeah, you better you know, be used to that. <laughs> yeah, you better have a good jumper and a quiet hunter. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a lot of atmosphere for sure. But um, you know, at the same time that it is it is an old timey feel, the management has done a really amazing job over the last couple of years of um, you know, improving the footing and updating the schedule and doing things to sort of accommodate the way that the sport has changed. But they've managed to do it without losing that special Tommy feel, which I think is really, you know, impressive. Yeah, it really does. To show in there is incredible. I did, I haven't shown there as a, as a professional yet, I hope one day, uh, but as a junior, mm-hmm. I went a bunch. I, uh, won a few equitation classes and jumper classes. And I remember doing um, some of their night classes and the jumpers. And that was my first experience with a real crowd. I mean, this, the stands were packed. People were clapping, whistling at you. If you weren't going fast enough, they were yelling at you. They wanted you to go faster. I was like, what? You just had to have your game face on. It was really something though. That it's the atmosphere is incredible. And you have like Glenn saying all the shopping. So you've got all of these, different kinds of people that are coming. So I guess like Nicole, what's really exciting about your input is because you are from that area. So you're giving us a little insight. Nicole, into where, the, you said you were 45 minutes away. Where are you from? I'm from Redding, Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we grew up in Lancaster County, so I know oh, Redding I, very well. That's great. I actually, I went to, I went to school in Lancaster County, so. Okay. I, know, did you go to? I have well. to know. I have to know. Which uh, Lancaster Country Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. We went to Garden Spot. I went to Garden Spot. So, yeah, not oh, too far. It's so funny. Small world. Small world. Now, That's the other great. thing that makes this show unique is it's tied to a country fair. So you're getting a lot of spectators that are probably seeing show jumping for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of first timers. A lot of people, it's it's an event. You know, it, it happens over Memorial Weekend every year. And families, you know, get used to coming out every year. Um, and and experiencing it, um, 
so you get a lot of first time spectators, but also it's it's sort of like a family event that people make a tradition, and I think that's what makes it really cool as well because you know people are are not just there to learn, but they're they're there to to make a memory, and and it it just makes it special for everybody involved. And let's just say that at most shows, the food has something left to be desired, right? I mean, most <laughs> shows we go to, it's horse show food. That's what we call it, right? Well, not at oh, Devon. Yeah. You get the good junk food that a fair brings. So uh, you have that. <laughs> oh, God. You know? Oh, my gosh. It, it is such Funnel a trip cake. to go when you go over to the other side, like as an exhibitor, you're like, okay, like we're, you know, trying to be really professional here, get the job done. We're here at a horse show, but then you've got like a legit fair, you know, with funnel cake and Ferris wheels. And I mean, we would just, we would get lost over there. And then I don't even think that we all had our cell phones all the time. It wasn't like total techie. So I remember getting in trouble a few times because I got, I was on the (laughs) Ferris wheel and, and then I saw my course walking. I was like, Oh God, (laughs) <laughs> we're late. I'm going to get in so much trouble. We're at the fair, but it's awesome. And then the Clydesdales come. Who doesn't like the Budweiser Clydesdales? Of course. I mean, there's there's so so much there that it's easy to get distracted. And and for the horses, too, it's, it's easy for them to get distracted. And it, it adds an extra element of, you know, complication to, to the riding and competing. Um, but again, it's what makes it special. And you know, you have to have a good horse just to make it there. So hopefully they can keep it together and, and not get distracted by, you know, the the noises of the fair and, and all the people standing along the rail and, and, you know, all the other things that are going on that they don't normally experience at a regular show. Now, yeah, yeah. one of the things that they had talked about doing was getting rid of the country fair. They had talked about, you know, not doing those at the same time. So I guess that and that's still happening, I guess. Um, wow. And then also they've had some management changes over there. Uh, there were some issues that they had, and they've had some management changes. So it'll be interesting to see this year, you know, if you see any changes to, to the show. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I've been trying to keep up with, with sort of what's been going on over there, and I certainly don't know enough to, to speak to it Neither. or form an opinion. But <laughs> I, do know, I do know that they're trying to, you know, maintain the historical importance of the site and, and keep the show alive, um, which I fully support. Um, and I know that there was some change in, uh, I think, the, the board um, that, that manages the showgrounds, but the, the show management themselves are the same. And they right. always put on a good event. I know, like David Disler is a, an amazing guy, and I I've never been to a horse show that he runs that is it, you know, as close to perfect as possible. So it should be another great year. Are you it's showing exciting. this year, Nicole? You showing? Sorry, I'm not. I actually, my horses will be leaving the week that the amateur jumpers go. My horses will be on their way to Spruce Meadows, so I did not get to show there this year, but. Um, I mean, I have so many memories from the years, you know, good and bad, that, you know, will live with me forever. And I always, you know, look for the opportunity to be able to show there. Um, it just didn't didn't work out this year with my well, schedule. Now, you, well, let me finish this, and then i got to ask you about Spruce Meadows, because I, I, we've never talked to anybody that actually uh, keeps their horses there and shows up there. But first, I wanted to mention that thanks to the USEF network, you can watch the Devon Horse Show. If you're if you don't get a chance to go out to to uh, just uh, west of Philadelphia to see it yourself, 
in Devon, and if you get a chance, if you're anywhere in the area, you've never done it, it's on your bucket list, go do it. Uh, but they, the USEF network is covering uh, from May 22nd to May 31st. And, boy, you know, thank God for the USEF network. They have done a <laughs> terrific job with these shows. I know. Totally. They really have. I, that's it's a free. fun one to watch, too. <laughs> it is great. Yeah. I feel like I you're there. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's it's so nice, and they they put it on demand. So you know, if you missed a friend, you can go back and find them around. It's it's such a ple- you know a pleasure to to have that as a tool, um, and we're we're very lucky that the USCF offers that. Now the FBI charges, but the USCF doesn't. So <laughs> yay! Yay for the USCF. <laughs> Well, now let's talk yeah. a little bit about Spruce Meadows. Of course, that's uh, where? It is in Calgary, Alberta. So it's on the west coast of Canada. Okay, just say it. It's one of the most beautiful places in the whole of North America. <laughs> it's pretty spectacular. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's really a special, special place. If if you haven't gone, you have the opportunity to go. I would 150% recommend it. Well, that we, it's been on my bucket list for years to go to the Calgary Stampede and to, to see the Stampede and the craziness that is that. Um, and, then we, and then when we were at Road to the Horse this year in Lexington, we met the, the, the queen of the Calgary Stampede and her entourage. Um, <laughs> and, and they were like, you guys got to come up and do the show from there. So we're going to have to have Absolutely. a conversation with the Calgary Stampede people because that just sounds like a blast. Oh, so much fun. I haven't gotten to go to the Stampede because it's always, um, every year that I've gone to Street Center, it's, it's been the week after. So um, I've been there for the build-up to it. I mean, it's like nothing else. I mean, this the entire town and city just like completely turns itself upside down, getting ready and getting excited. And it, it's another kind of place where you can, you can sort of feel the magic. Um, but Spruce Meadows itself is, is another it's it's got that his that same kind of history that we were talking about with the Devon Horse Show and again like the city everywhere you go in Calgary um if you tell them you're there for Spruce Meadows they know exactly what you're talking about you they don't look at you like you're you know a crazy horse person or they have no you know you have five heads they know exactly what you're there <laughs> for what you're doing and they're they're celebrating it they love it well, you know, I think in Wellington now they've stopped looking at you like you have five heads, right? I mean, it, it's well, you, you guys have finally gotten to the point where you can wear your breeches everywhere you go, and people yes, aren't staring. We've saturated anymore. the market. That's, yeah, that's because we've scared all the non-horse people away. In away. <laughs> well, it's about time. I mean, come on, it's horse community here. Exactly. We don't want any arguments yeah. about where the bridal paths are or how we're crossing the road. <laughs> Just this is horse country now. <laughs> it is it is no but um i mean i'm there's nothing i you know walking into the dixon oval under the lights it's it's very a similar feeling but magnified when you walk under the bell tower into the international arena in Swiss meadows i mean it is just unreal and you feel like you're on top of the world and if you can jump there you can jump anywhere it's really special. Cool. I got to ask you, professional riders, does that, you know, I often wondered with with the big names like BZ and all of them, does it does that ever get old? Does it, do you lose the magic of being at those cool places and, and looking around going, I'm here? Absolutely I think, yeah, that not. Neat. Yeah. 
they had that cool article they interviewed Rich Fellers in the World Cup finals and he said he was like teary eyed going into his uh his last one of his, I guess his second round on flexible, just like, wow, like we're here, like this is World Cup Vegas on my horse I've had all these years. Like it's just it, I think it becomes overwhelming even. For sure. And I mean when you're when you're warming up next to some of those guys and you get a chance to stop and watch and stuff and listen, I mean that's some of the most beneficial moments I think I've had as as a student of the sport just just taking a second and watching what they're doing and they're they're masters and they're constantly studying and and trying to improve even though they've already you know basically mastered it every day is a new day every round is a new round and you know they have good days and bad days just like the rest of us being having the opportunity to enter the ring you know in a class that they've competed in to watch how they do it and then, you know, compare how you did it and to, to, to be in a victory gallop with, with somebody like Beezy or McLean or Eric Lamaze or Rich Fellers. I mean, that to me, it's character building. And, and those are the moments where you can learn, you know, more than anywhere else. I, I think the the schooling area is, is my favorite place in, in that regard, because listen, if you, if you really stop and listen, you can get, more lessons in 10 minutes in the schooling area than you can get in a lifetime of paying a fortune for, <laughs> you know, one-on-one lessons. So, yeah, it's real practical information for sure. And as it's happening, you know, I agree with you. I love, I, when I go and watch the big classes sometimes, oh, I love Wellington because they have it on the Jumbotron. So I'll go down and actually watch the schooling area and then like check in for the rounds on the Jumbotron. But I love seeing people talking to each other and, game mm-hmm. you know troubleshooting game plan how they're schooling all every horse is a bit different no i agree with you and it's such a treat to be able to be in proximity like that at those top horse shows and experience rubbing shoulders with these top riders you do you learn so much yeah absolutely and i mean on on top of that um you know when you are at a place like spruce meadows and you get the opportunity to compete with them Spruce Meadows is a place that it breeds, it creates top sport between the atmosphere, the amazing courses, the amazing footing, all of that together. It it's it elevates the sport. It makes the you know the jump off, you know, fractions of a second faster, and it makes you know the efforts the horses put in just that much more impressive. And you feel it yourself. So um, you know, there's a lot of actually you know as much as. The, you know, BZ and McLean and, and Eric, they dominate a lot of it. There's a lot of surprise winners um, at Spruce Meadows. There's so many world ranking classes and, and you know, junior and amateur classes. And, and you really get a lot of young um, sort of surprise winners who it's just their day, you know. And and Eric and BZ and McLean are second or third, and they're happy for you and congratulating you. So, again, it's it's something really magical and um you know something that i i've yet to experience anywhere else that i've competed um but it's it's definitely if you're if you get that opportunity and and it happens to be your day and and you can stand there next to you know one of the best and say you know today was my day and not their day i think that's that's something that there's you you really can't trade that for anything well, Emily, pack up the horses and just drive an extra 16 hours west. <laughs> I know. 
I know. <laughs> I seriously though, I would love to go next year. I've never been, and it because and it's so far, and just with the number of horses and and young horses and everything. But I really, I really would love to go next year. Neither next I mean, or the next. You guys have to come. We'll stay for the stampede. Oh Perfect. yeah, that would be great. I mean, and I would Jen, love to And do Jen that. Wood will be there. Jennifer Wood will be there, and she's always, you know a lovely person to have and she's always fun. Seriously, so. it is a hell of a drive if you're if you're hauling the horses out there, isn't it? Uh Yeah. It is. I wouldn't recommend driving if you can avoid it. <laughs> yeah, cuz it's like a long way. <laughs> yeah. It is a very oh. long way. <laughs> you kind of have to go and stay for a few weeks to make it worth it more than and that. And do they serve yeah. any Now let's get to the important questions here, Nicole, before we let you go. Do they serve sure. anything but dark beer? Is it all heavy dark beer? <laughs> Absolutely not. They have okay. all, all right. kinds of beer. They have okay. fantastic beef. Oh yeah. You, oh, they make the best beef in the world. You can get some really there. good steaks out there. Ugh. Oh, now you're making me hungry. Thanks, Nicole. Oh, there you go. <laughs> We're going. You sold it. I, I really do. Now she wants to. Now I have to go to Pennsylvania and to Canada. I have two places <laughs> to go. I know. But really. It is DevonHorseShow.org, DevonHorseShow.org, if you want to check out the information about the Devon Horse Show. Thank you so much, Nicole. You've been delightful. We appreciate you joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure. All right. Take care. We'll check in with you later. Bye, Nicole. Awesome. And, of course, uh, before we let you go, it's BarnManager.com as well, right? Yes. BarnManager.com will make your life easier. So if you want to make your life easier, head over to (laughs) BarnManager.com. Well, that was fun. You know, that is a place I've always wanted to go is uh, up there to Canada to Spruce Meadows and to, you know, Spruce Meadows, you see the video of it and you see the bank up there and all the, you know, it's so close to what they have in England uh, in, in their setup up there that it's just cool. Just neat. Yeah, it looks amazing. It's and, the, and then the competition side of it is incredible with all those top horses and riders. And like Nicole's saying, I mean, it doesn't go unnoticed when you put the jumping ponies on good footing with great courses, spectacular design jumps. I mean, they jump really incredible. There is certainly a difference between jumping on that kind of footing and going on just like old, you know, stadium dirt, like they used to do just shifty. So it's, it really, I think from the spectator side of things is amazing. The competitor side is amazing. It's, Sounds like the town gets all into it. It's awesome. I, we gotta go. We should go. Just well, you, they get like they get like two hundred thousand people that come up there for the the stampede. Right? It's incredible. Now the rodeo queen up there, the Calgary queen, said that uh, I could get a ride on one of the chuck wagons. Now not <laughs> during a race, so but for like a practice. And I am going to wear a helmet and one of those air vest things because uh, there you go. That's just crazy. <laughs> just nuts. That's smart. They do. Uh, so smart. Yeah, you want to stay safe, safety first. <laughs> we don't want to lose you up there, but we should do yeah. it. You, I, I unfortunately will have to drive because I'll be driving the horses. So uh, you can catch a ride in the trailer if you want. <laughs> <laughs> it is a hike. Cause it is, it's Western oh, yeah. Canada, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's far. I, there's no good way to get there from this on the East Coast, really. it's 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 way on out there. And, you know, people hear about Calgary and, and it, you know, because of the stampede and everything, and it's so popular, that they think it's a big place. And it's really not. It's a, really a small town that, that uh, gets invaded by a ton of people. 
you know, it's just it's not a huge place. And you're right. It is way out there. Wow. And there's nothing. I mean, it's right. There's but nothing. It's right actually to the east of the Rockies where the Rockies go up into uh, uh, up into Canada. It's just at the that, and yeah. you can see the mountains in the background. That's why it's so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And it is so pretty. And they've got great money. They've got what amounts to be almost a million dollar class of nine hundred. Thousand nine uh, I think they should bring us up. I think Spruce Meadows should bring us up to cover the event, and I think Calgary Stampede should bring us up, and we'll combine the two. What I, do agree. You think, I agree. I agree. I think yeah. let's do it. Let's hustle. Let's make it happen. I'll bring the jumping horses. You bring okay. your helmet. We're going <laughs> to bring my helmet and my airbag to go <laughs> on a truck wagon race. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. You should definitely do that. I mean, if not for marketing. I mean, yeah, on. riot. It'll be a riot, all right. Oh, now, most my God. crash and die, but that's okay. I mean, what uh, the heck? Not you, though. I mean, you'll live to tell about it. We that's put right, a because again. I'll be protected. I will have, I'll put yeah. my cowboy hat on over my helmet. I'll be fine. <laughs> Did you see that <laughs> that helmet at the trade show that was, I don't know what company made it, but it was a helmet, a riding helmet that had a cowboy hat fashioned you know, on the outside of I it? i got to ask Did you about you that. Yes, because they years ago in the 1990s they came out with those, and the problem was the cowboy hat had to be so big that it looked like a cartoon. That it looked like you were a cartoon totally. character. Because yeah, are they still are they still huge? Cause it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, it was huge. I was like, no cowboy's gonna wear that. Like, wear that, right? That's like, yeah, like that's like, like in the culture. Fun. Like they're just <laughs> no. There's no way. Just make it. I don't know. Make it a sun visor or something. But no, that cracked me up. Anyway, yeah, so big. Anyway, we got our next so guest. Woo! <laughs> okay, we have our next guest, Miss Kama Godek, who is a returning uh, interview here. We had her on last episode talking about the trainer certification program. She's so knowledgeable, and she also went out to Vegas, so we're going to check in on her about that. But we're so happy she had time to come back and give us a few more discussions. Welcome to the show, Kama. Hi. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Kama, good morning. Welcome back. Yay. I'm in a new location. I'm up north now. I was in Florida last time we spoke. Now I'm in Virginia. That's right. You have that beautiful farm there. I see your pictures on Facebook. Your horses are all laying out in the grass. It's so nice. And then they're all sunbathing, enjoying a couple of days, yeah. a couple of weeks of just being horses. So it's nice for them. That's so nice. I saw you have a little mini, too. Who doesn't oh, want yeah. one of those? Mini Cooper. <laughs> Mini Cooper. Mini Cooper. Exactly. <laughs> so cute. Well, yeah. they deserved it. You were busy, girl. You went out to Vegas, huh? I did. It was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. Um, did you ride? Just to be around. I did. I rode in the Grand Prix. I was really happy Yay. with the, the horse. It was a great experience to be out there and be around all the other riders. Uh, the courses were quite technical, so there were a lot of uh, faults. Uh, Within the course, even you know the the winner in the end had two down in the final round, but totally. um, it was great to to just be a part of it. it was my How first is time the arena Vegas so small? It, it is, was your first no, time appearance. Um, it's no different than being in an arena in Europe, though. And I showed in Europe for so long. Um, I have to say the disadvantage is being in the U.S. and riding in. Uh, west during the winter and that enormous oversized ring for me that ring is a little bit too big to be honest totally uh, yeah you, you don't have an intimate feeling with the crowd and even for me as an active uh participant and really wanting to watch 
the riders, when they get to the other end of the ring and left, it's hard to pay attention because they're just the dots. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. It's, the ring is too big. Well, and it's, it's so, so much so ground to cover. Your horses right. have to get fit for it. I find when I get down here, I'm like, oh, that's right. It's yeah. the international ring. Well, we come from Saugerties. It's huge, too. So we've got, like, these right. race But you just, like, you're just not – the audience doesn't feel like they're really involved in the sport. So so many people end up just socializing with each other instead of really being able to watch the sport. Mm. And what was great about Vegas is they really got the crowds into it. You are right on top of it. And I really prefer those kind of venues – Although it is a lot harder to ride in that. And then, of course, the music is playing because they're trying to make wow. it more exciting for the audience. But um, going from outdoor Florida season to indoor is definitely a disadvantage for the American riders. But we all know. Yeah. It was great. It was a good experience. Yeah, because I was there was a lot of stuff going around on Facebook about that the courses were so technical. Um, Anthony D'Ambrosio built; he's actually one of my favorite course designers. I love his courses. Um, I wasn't out there, didn't didn't ride it. I live streamed, and it, 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 they were hard. I mean, they were definitely hard courses. But I I'm happy to hear well, you, you say that, Camo, because World Cup, you know it's World Cup finals. It's not exactly to be outside the right. hunter course. It's supposed to I be know. technical That's... and difficult. So you and know, if you did your homework, the ring and... is. Right. And a lot of the Europeans that had a more difficult time, it, it was because they didn't bring their first string horses. They brought their second string horses. This year is European Championship, so a lot of people tried to save their horses for that. And it's not just the competition, it's also the travel that's difficult um, on the horses. And of course, they need to save their best horses for European Championships. Yeah. Yeah. That's It's great to hear you talking about it like this because this is. there was a lot of conflicting views and a lot of trash talk going around. And I just, and I watched, I was like, you know what? I don't don't want to get involved every single round. That's not for me. I don't even want to like, for me, I don't, I can't even discuss that. I thought that it was great. It was top sport. And, um, I think everyone did the best job they could. So I agree. Live streaming. It looks like a hard course, but the, the good riders and the schooled horses, and again, the matches, like you're saying, if they brought their top horse or not, that factored in. But it was doable. You know, it, that's the way it should right. be. Top sport, it's hard. Now, I, we right. didn't cover right. it a whole lot. Uh, we covered more on the dressage side because our hosts of the dressage radio show were out there. But so, but so how did the Americans do? How did we do as far as the competition was concerned? Well, like I said, going from an outdoor um environment in Wellington to an indoor environment there. We just don't have arenas that small. And our World Cup qualifiers, we only have, uh, last year we had Harrisburg, Washington, and Kentucky as indoor qualifiers. And the other qualifiers were outdoors on the East Coast. So out of 13 competitions, there were only three indoor qualifiers. And that already sets you in a disadvantage because it's an indoor championship. So I don't know what we're expecting when we're doing these outdoor qualifiers at WEF where the arena is literally like six to ten times. I don't know, but it's it's not comparable. It's not even comparable. It's like doing it cross-country. Right. So it's not necessarily taking the people that do the best indoors. And, yeah, it's... It, it was it was an indoor championship, and we don't have enough indoor shows to to do that. 
So who did win? Qualify. Let me ask. Let me rephrase the question. Who did win the competition? <laughs> uh, Steve Gradot. He's been knocking on the door a couple times. He came into the finals three times previously, and um, and he was in second place three times previously, or sorry, in first place three times previously, and kind of messed up in the end uh, on the last day. But um, uh, this time he rose to the occasion and was able to pull out for the win, which was great for him. Now, Cam, he's Swiss, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. You go to, and so that's, that is very true that he was almost in the, in the lead the last couple of years. And, and then, you know, he was able to, to get up there to the top spot this show, which I think is proof that there was not any, anything out of the ordinary course design wise right. that, right. you know, exactly. like you, it was, it was the consistent. Same people, the same people that you would expect to win. I mean, Marcus Ennings has been a three-time winner on three different horses. He brought a very young and experienced horse, so he knew it's a phenomenal horse, but he knew that, um, you know, he probably wouldn't go in being um, a top contender for the final. Uh, and, and he had problems in the first round, but then he pulled it out when he jumped the Grand Prix. So, uh, I think that it, that it was fair sport. <laughs> you know, we're just qualifying in, in a different way than the Eastern, or sorry, the Western European League is qualifying. And with all of their shows are indoor shows. All of them are five stars. And you have to qualify to get into those five star shows. And um, yeah, it's just a different process. Well, Kim, I got a question for you too. Before we head on to the IHSA, we're going to switch gears here a little bit out of Vegas. I did see lots of pictures of you in the back of limousines with maybe some alcoholic beverages. So it looks like you guys all had a great time outside the ring too. Uh, that's kind of funny because I think people also assume a lot more, but I, I went out one night, the last night um, that I was there. And that wasn't even the day I was competing. It was a Sunday. Everyone was leaving on the Monday. So it was just one night. I was pretty good. I have to say myself. <laughs> it was just one night. <laughs> um, just one night. And I didn't, I never take a picture with a piece of alcohol in my hand at one glass. So that's assumption. Um, I, I'd love to see someone try to come it's, up with it. Yeah, those pictures that always stay around though. That one picture is the one that stays around, right? I mean, it's the one that never leaves your life. It'll be there forever. So funny. Uh, but you're supposed to go and have a good time. You're in that's Vegas. Right, Vegas. Come on. Hey. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, so I I have to say I played blackjack three times just and? as I was walking through the casino. I won the first two times. I was ahead. I more than doubled my money. And then the third time I lost a little bit. But I never played more than $100. So it's okay. Uh, I figured if good. I went out, I figured if I went out for the evening on um, entertainment, if I'd gone to a show or something like that, I didn't even have time to go watch a show. And by the time the classes were over, and I watched the dressage and the jumping and taking care of my horse and uh, trying to find the shuttle back and forth, by the time you do all that, there's not enough time to even go and watch a show or, or something. We had a hard time finding restaurants that were open when we were finished with with uh, riding. Huh. Wow! There was one in our hotel that was open 24 hours. But if we wanted to find like a nice, uh, nice restaurant, but it was, it was nice. 
That's cool. Such an experience. Well, it was fun seeing all your pictures and yeah. just all of it. Yeah. There was some really cool jumping shots. That horse is so neat, Air Force One. Yeah, I really like him. He's really fun. Yeah. It's a good He's luck. cool, cool. So yeah. we are sort of like a two-part segment here. I thought, well, first I was I, I just booked you to talk about Vegas because it's personal experience and how cool. And then it came out, everybody knows I was at IHSA finals last week, that Lama's right. plugged in. So I thought, okay, we are also going to give a little bit here about IHSA, what is sort of, um, you know, you've got, you've got so much experience from, from opposite ends of the business. So we don't have a bunch of time, but give us, give us a little bit about IHSA from your perspective. Right. Actually, that's what I thought I was going to come on and talk about initially. So when I was in college, I didn't have a horse of my own. I was only riding in IHSA. I went to College of Charleston and anyone that follows IHSA knows the girl that won the Cashion Cup was um, called a Charleston, and um, I'm not sure if she was going in as the favorite to win or not. She's from South Carolina originally, so um, I think that was really exciting for our coach, Bob, the story, um, to see that, that she won, and she, of course, did a fantastic job. I think our team was seventh. Overall, I say our team, I graduated a long time ago, but um, anyway, um, that was my only uh, opportunity to ride while I was in school. I really focused on getting the uh, education and business and not in um, not in the horses. I always felt like if I got a degree in business, I could apply that to anything I wanted to do, be that the horse business or something else. So. I had already ridden with a top trainer. I was riding with Katie and Henri Prudent when I was in high school. And so I just think it was a great experience for me, but I wanted a little bit more. And I found out about a program called International Intercollegiate Riding. And so I got to go to Europe several times while I was in college. I think the first time I went to France. And within that year, I also went to Ireland and Switzerland, and that brought me to Japan, um, everywhere. I've, I've seen every country in Western Europe now, uh, which is a lot of fun, just from from the intercollegiate, international intercollegiate riding. But, um, you know, it was great because you had the opportunity to ride against horses that you drew out of the hat, and it wasn't about having the most money and um, you know, a horse that your parents were able to buy a nicer horse than the next door neighbors. This is really great. And like, it's, it's challenging, right? I mean, you're a top sport oh, rider. It's hard to draw a horse out of a hat and not touch the reins until you walk into the arena being judged. Absolutely. Yes. My, my freshman year, I, I always thought, Oh, I'm going to change the horse and make it confirm to me, conform to me. And then I realized by my sophomore year that I, you know, within uh, no warm up and uh, basically a hunter warm up circle, you have that much time to figure them out and their adjustability on the way. This is the first jump, and you're not going to change the horse. So you just have to ride what you've got underneath you. Uh, the difference, yeah, actually, in the sorry. No, no, go ahead. The, the difference between the IHSA and the international um, collegiate riding is that the level is much higher and you're allowed to warm up jumps when you, uh, when you're right, jumping right. you also have to do dressage and you're allowed like two to three minutes warm up and dressage. But those two warm up jumps can be pretty crucial, especially when the jumps get bigger. And 
everyone rides the same horse. So you have three riders on one horse doing the same course. And the best rider on that horse goes on in a pyramid scheme. So you only compete against the people on your horse, where even with IHSA, sometimes it's dependent on on your horse as well. Right. The luck of the draw. Yeah, it's cool. Well, we're running out of time. I, I love that you have both experience and that you're hearing it straight from a top sport rider. Riding in college is definitely something to pursue. It will build your, your skills. So many experiences to be had there. So check out Kama's website. She is show-jumper.com and keep tabs on her. She's going to have an exciting season. Thank you so much, Kama. Yeah. And we are definitely going to have you on again. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, Kama. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. She's so fun. Okay, so we're we're running out of time. We've got so many people stacked up, but we're going right to our next guest. We have our resident barn girl, Luann Smith from EquestrianCorner.com. She has a tried and tested product for us that we are going to hear about. Welcome, Luann. Hi, guys. How are you today? We're good. Welcome back. Good to hear from Thanks. you. You too. Getting warm up there, right? Oh, it's beautiful. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. I knew as soon yeah. as I heard you. I was oh like, my God. It was just <laughs> such too long of a winter. So no, it's great. <laughs> I'm loving it. That's what everybody says. Wow. Well, what do you have for us? We don't have a ton of time, but what, what product okay. do you have? Well, actually, um, we're kind of just spotlighting uh, the tailored sportsmen. Um, we have some great prices on um, our show shirts. Um, we have uh, our breeches on sale right now as well. Um, but more, you know, more about the, the um, shirt that I picked. Um, really nice, light um fabric. Um, it has the uh, Coolmax. Um, so it's real lightweight, quick drying, breathable. Um, that's our um, Aldrich. And it has the uh, wrap show collar, so you don't have to worry about the separate collar, which is nice. Um, we actually have those on sale for uh, $49 uh, right now, and they are they usually are about 110 So we've got some really great wow. prices going on with the uh, Taylor Sportsman. Um, it's really a really nice product. That's great. I didn't realize they had sort of a cool Mac shirt. That's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. They're they're um real lightweight, breathable. Um I wore one at the show this past weekend. It was really nice. Um and it was a warm day. It was uh it kinda went from <laughs> yes. freezing to like summertime pretty much overnight here. So it was nice to have that on and uh, not sweat so bad, you know. Well, I'm, I'm on the website at the equestriancorner.com. What do I search for? What's the th- name of it again? Um, I have the, uh, it's the Aldrich, A-L-D-R-I-C-H, wrap show shirt. Um, but you can actually just go under the ladies apparel and it'll bring a drop down menu on the side and you can just search for tailored sportsmen. And we okay. have uh, all, pretty much all of our tailored sportsmen is on sale right now. Um, breeches, shirts, gloves, belts. Um, Jeez, I remember bags. back. I remember back, uh, Luann, back in the '90s when we had our tech business, 
And tailored sportsman was the only breeches that jumpers would wear, period. I mean, that was it. That was the only right. one they were allowed to wear. And right. if you didn't oh, yeah. sell tailored sportsman, ain't a jumper buying anything from you. So right. <laughs> I know that's changed a little bit, but they're still the staple, right? I mean. Right. Oh, absolutely. And and I actually um, was really, I had taken, um, gone to a tax sale in our local area and we kind of set up a booth there. And so I'd gotten some of the tailored sportsmen to bring to the sale with me. And I was really impressed with like the fabric was, is really nice. You know, um, you think, know, sometimes yeah, have, you get, they have changed from what used to be, I think uh canvas or burlap that they used right. back then. Um, <laughs> right. That <the> heavy <laughs> yeah. doesn't really Referencing feel real, the very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> that, you right. that you couldn't wear in the summer without passing out. Um, right, right. Maybe that no, these are really out nice. a lot as juniors. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really like the fabric of, uh, you know, now they've changed it and it's, you know, it's soft and, and uh, it kind of has a little bit of a compression you know, for those girls like me who's had children, you know, they don't have this flat belly anymore, <laughs> you know, but so it has a little bit of compression, but they don't feel so like restrictive and the fabric is soft and nice. Um, but yeah. All right. Very good. It is uh, the Equestrian Corner. Make sure you put the in there. It's theequestriancorner.com. They have a terrific website. Go check it out. One of the things I like about your website is you have the newfangled search. So on the left, you can you can do by price or maker or a brand, whatever. It just right. so easy to search on here. It's very nice, actually. It's very clean. I like it. It is really yeah. nice. And you it's, can pay with PayPal. It's great. Yes, you can. Absolutely. We all know PayPal's not real money. You know, it's just... Uh, right. <laughs> yes, buy it now. It's true. Every one of us has PayPal account, and any money we get in our PayPal account from selling on eBay or stuff, it's like not real money, right? You don't use it so to pay funny. bills. You use it to buy yeah. stuff that you wouldn't buy with real money. It's exactly. true. It's That's trash, right. as my husband calls it. You're shopping for <laughs> trash again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you guys, check out that website, equestriancorner.com. Get your tailored Thanks. gear on sale later luann we'll talk to you soon thanks right, guys have a great week awesome you know, that's Taylor good sports Those are is good never deal, gonna huh? be a sponsor now huh after i said they made their stuff out of burlap that's not gonna well, go over but like they were <laughs> i killed it no they, they were like referencing the hunt community i mean that was cool it was like tweed jackets and stuff but like yeah. a lot of people did out so <laughs> it was a public service announcement i think you're okay Glenn. they moved on <laughs> Well, there is a cool product. Jennifer and I both have a luggage fetish. Uh, we like That's luggage. Nice. We, if we could afford it, we'd have a thousand pieces of luggage, uh, mostly because we don't have a place to put it. But you found some great stuff at the show you were at. Yes, I did. This is actually our sponsor of today's episode. That's right, Gwen. I do remember about your 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 luggage fetish. Learning that a couple of years ago, it's hilarious. Um, you would love this stuff, though. So this is a company that I was actually um, in the booth next door. We were neighbors at IHSA Finals. They're also a sponsor. They are called Epos. I P P O S. It's Greek and means horse. They are a custom bag company. They make all sorts of bags. They are custom with your logo and colors. You pick it out. They're made to order. They're absolutely gorgeous. 
specifically for sports and riders. So there's pockets in all of the bags specifically for, say, a helmet or boots or spurs. They're from California, made in the U.S., which is fantastic. Uh, Looks like leather, looks like high-quality leather, but it's a synthetic leather, so you can actually wash it off. Uh, Like I said, they're in California. They've taken off quite a bit, and they've got a few fun testimonials. We've got a quote here from Bernie Traurig from equestriancoach.com. You might actually recognize this backpack because he carries it around all the time. He says, I love my custom Epos backpack designed for all my horse show and clinic needs. There's plenty of room for all my riding equipment, helmet, spurs, stick, gloves, and my laptop as well. Clever design, beautiful craftsmanship, and a sophisticated style. That pretty much sums it up. I did buy that backpack for S Equestrian. You can check it out when it comes in. I'm getting it all logoed up. I got to tell you just one, I know we don't have a bunch of time, but the product of the backpack, when you, you don't see it on the website, but it's got this awesome feature where you open up one compartment. The electronic compartment is totally separate from where your hat and your spurs and things like that go. But there's a, you open the backpack and then there's an inner zipper, which has mesh attached to it, which you can either open to get into the backpack or leave it closed. So your like sweaty helmet, you can throw in your backpack and just have the mesh open and it can air out. When you're going from place to place, Mm. it's very cool. And the duffel has a compartment on the side for your boots. So you can slide your boots into a sleeve so they don't like mess all your stuff up. I'm like a plastic bag person. You know, I put plastic bags over my boots and I look like crazy, you know, when I get to where I'm going. But this is awesome. And they are gorgeous. You guys check it out. Epos, I-P-P-O-S dot com. Made in the USA. You want to support. It's a good, good product. Good company. I got to tell you, they would look great with our uh, Horses in the Morning lo- lo- or Horse Radio Network oh, logo totally. on it, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would yes. look good. Yeah. They look so sharp, and it uh, it's so functional when you open up all the uh, pockets and see all the little uh, compartments for, specifically for horse stuff and then also electronics. It's for, you know, the, the multitaskers out there. It's awesome. You guys would love it. IPPOS.com is where you can find those really cool stuff in great fun colors, too. Yeah, All totally. right. Great. Thank you, Emily. Cool. So this is, I guess we have our next guest ready, who is a really fun character that I met at IHSA finals. She is a national director for the IHSA Alumni Association, Megan Taylor. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, she called I'm you so a character glad. made yeah. it sound like you're in a cartoon. <laughs> Well, (laughs) it did, it did, and um, it gives me a lot to live up to as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the IHSA can seem like a cartoon sometimes, right? I mean, it can seem that way. So so Megan's awesome, you'll see, because she's so passionate about it. Like, the, the whole organization, she'll tell us all about it. It's so exciting, and to see that it can continue on after these kids are in high school and grab the alumni. It's she'll, she'll give us all, all the background. But for those of you that don't know, IHSA is the intercollegiate horse show association. So everybody mixes it up and says it backwards. And it's like the most frequently misspoken acronym ever, but that is what it is. And it's for riders in college. Um, I think, gosh, something like 360 teams over the whole country. We'll we'll let Megan, Megan, you talk about it. You're the expert. Uh, Well, uh, yeah, you're exactly right, Emily. That's, you, you you have said it correctly. There's a, a 
just over 10,000 individual members for 360 schools across the United States and then a couple in Canada as well. It was founded in 1967 by Robert Cachione, and the basic story is, is he sold his show horses and went off to college and then missed riding it so much that he found some friends at his college at uh, Fairly, uh, Fairly Dickinson, uh, the Teaneck campus, and they all decided they could take some lessons together, and then they all wanted to know how they could compete against each other, and here we are 48 years later. Uh, so it's been a really great organization, and you are exactly correct that I am really passionate about it. I've been around it forever, literally all my life. I grew up in a barn where there was a college team, and I just can't seem to get away from it. So one of the things that's the best about the IHSA is you don't have to have a horse and your own horse to compete, and you also don't have to have a lot of experience. So we start with a walk-trot level where the rider has not had more than 28 weeks of professional instruction. And then we move right up to the kids that have been competing at, you know, in the equitation and winning and, you know, doing that and the jumpers and whatever at high level. So we have something for everybody in between. But as you guys know, this is an individual sport. And being able to provide a team atmosphere in an individual sport is a pretty special experience. And that's what seems to be the biggest memory, right? Yeah. That's the biggest memory that keeps coming back out of that is that experiences that they're having with their teammates at these competitions, you know. Well, and travel. like you, I mean, you know the the program so well inside and out. You've ridden on it. You've coached teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you've done everything yep. on all different sides of the IHSA. An incredibly impressive resume. Oh my gosh! Thank you. You've Thank done, you. <laughs> so I was like, wow. I mean, you're doing it. Horse trainer. You know, coaching teams, different schools. It's awesome. And and it's right. such a infectious project. Like we've done it, I guess, for four or five years now with the clothing mm-hmm. line. And I can't sure. believe we've never met. Um, being there, I know. it's weird. I was like, wait, you're an official director? Um, yeah, how but when you that? get there, <laughs> it's like so like, ah, like it's so exciting and all the kids are so happy and the team spirit is just so cool and so incredibly unique to this sort of, um, it's, it's a riding period. I mean, you just don't get that anywhere, right. not in this big, this big group. I just absolutely love it. So you're, tell us oh, about this fantastic. alumni um, program. So, yeah, so the alumni, you know, we joke that we've been around for a long time. The alumni have. Some of us are longer than others. Um, but <laughs> it's we, we really have just, you know, up until now, the alumni have mostly been known about the ability to come back and compete in a couple of alumni classes held at IHSA regular season events and then also postseason. You know, I mean, we probably have a couple, it has to be 100,000 or more <laughs> alumni wow. out there. And right now, there's, isn't that amazing? And right now, there's only 235 paid members that are competing and doing that. And I like to say part of it's because not everyone that's an alumni wants to compete again. I mean, to be honest, I'm a trainer, and I so I don't mind getting on strange horses, but that wasn't the thrill for me, that whole luck of a draw scenario. I actually won an award at college for being the one to never ask to draw for you because I always drew kind of not the best. <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, funny. I like the joke. I drew really well one time when it really counted. When I when I won open flat for my team at Nationals one year, that's when I really got the right draw. But no. It's um, awesome. It's, the yeah, rest I have of characters no desire to do. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that's actually a big thing. You're exactly right. The whole experience is. But I think that it was about building the connections and putting everyone back in touch with, as I like to say, we're connecting you with your past, 
But I also believe that we all know this. If you connect with your past, you're also going to be able to help connect the future. So in addition to being able to meet uh, other alums and even past teammates and things like that or your coaches or kids you used to show with against regionals, we're also looking to connect people uh, with alumni that are in their area and where they live. So we're going to start all these regional clubs so you can start to have a friend group and just another you know, another another way to connect with people in your area that have had shared and similar experiences in their past. Um, so we're not necessarily just, we're still going to continue to do our, our competition piece, but we're going to highlight some other parts of the ISSA as well. And meanwhile, along the way, we're going to support our current undergraduate students by providing them with opportunities for internships and just giving them another just a base. So I, I live here in Hilton Head, and I like to think that the goal would be is if an undergraduate IHSA student is looking for a job or looking for a place maybe to live, and they just want some advice, you know, whether maybe you have any barns in the area or whatnot, they could connect with the alumni group down here and be able to get some advice from some people that they maybe haven't met yet, but maybe that's just another way, an outlet, if you will. So, yeah, really excited about that piece. It is. And so for those of you that have listened to these shows um, over the course of the last year, remember last year, this show was all about IHSA. In fact, I grabbed interviews at finals from competitors, kids that won, Cashion Cup winner, like everybody, trainers. It was awesome. It was very exciting. People loved it. But one of our segments that we had was Stephanie Cook, who is a returning West Point alum, and she brought her ribbon. We posted on Facebook from her (laughs) – I I can't remember the date. I'm going to get it wrong. But it was incredible that the ribbon was still intact from her last IHSA finals. And then she was coming and she was showing. She was so excited. And I just, I kept Mm -hmm. thinking, I've been here for a few years and I didn't know that this was, uh, I kind of knew that they had the classes, but I didn't really understand them entirely. But to see Mm -hmm. and live through it with Stephanie, I mean, this, people are going to love this. They just need the information Mm -hmm. out there just to know, like, you can go to your local IHSA shows, right, and show in the alumni classes. Absolutely. And you show for your school. That's a huge thing that's very confusing. People think, oh, I have to go back and show with my college. Nope. You can have graduated from a college in California or rode for a college in California, and you may be living in Massachusetts. And you, as long as there is an active alumni group in that region, then you are absolutely able to sign up and and do that. And, and register and compete there, and you'll still compete under the name of your, your previous college, where, where you went before. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're really, an really exciting. And then yep. you're getting points, right? It's on a point system, so you could Absolutely. very well land at finals and be in the yep. alumni class, which is so exciting. The team members are cheering each other on. We, Those of you that know my clothing line, we do the custom shirts for the teams, so they have their logo, team logo, inside the collar. Uh, so Stephanie, she won. That's how I met her and eventually put her on the radio. But she won an equestrian shirt at finals last year. And I just happened to have an overrun of the West Point custom shirt in her size. It was like so cool. It's so much how camaraderie perfect. and everybody loves it. Yeah, yeah, it was so perfect. And Absolutely. I got all excited. Like where people should do this. This should be like, yes, I should say finals. But like you, there could be like hundreds of alumni that want to come and compete and, and be a part of their team again yeah. and get custom Actually, shirts. Yeah. And and when custom shirts, I know, I love that. (laughs) So there is also the Alumni Tournament of Champions, which was actually started, I believe it was four years ago, by two alumni, one from Delaware Valley College and one from the University of Delaware. And uh, Jamie Wingle and Lena um, 
Lakata Andrews. And these young ladies have put together this this horse show that is Huntseat, and then they also have a separate Western show, but they tend to run them on the same weekend. And I have yet to go, but I am so excited. There's one coming up in June, and it sounds like so much fun and such a great time together. Um, I remember a, a former former student in a region that I was coaching in years ago won the Western side of it last year, and she called to tell me all about her experience. And she was so excited about everything and meeting all these alum that were just as passionate about it as she was. And then she said, and guess what? I won all these great prizes, but the best one was a bottle of champagne. And I just <laughs> thought that was hysterical. <laughs> so, it's funny. You know, so it's funny. such a funny thing, is, right, as we get older, we can win the champagne. But um, yes. they are, th- that is an easy thing. I believe it's www.atoc.com, and they are adding new classes. And the IHSA Alumni Association is super supportive of that. We believe in everything that they're doing, and I'm hoping that we're going to be able to expand them and do them all over the country so that we can bring more and more alumni into competing as well and bringing back that experience. So, yeah, it's really exciting. There's a lot of great things happening, but the first thing we really need to do is reach out and start getting people um, to reconnect again. So Right. We are, so that's, you got to get you know, the word out there, and then they need to get on absolutely. the website. Is that how they sort of see what that's shows there are? Okay. Yeah, I think the best thing is there's the, the, probably the hardest part at the moment that's going to be the most confusing is, is we can, there is to compete within the IHSA and the alumni classes, they're going to need to visit that IHSAINC.com website. But because that is that we have to register through there to compete. We have our separate website that is not necessarily just about that, but is also about information and news on alumni and events and the regional clubs and all the other things, which is that our IHSAlumniAssociation.com. And so that's going to be a little tricky in the beginning. We're also on Facebook as well and Instagram. Uh, <laughs> and that's another that's way awesome. to connect. But Right now, I'm I'm the, the contact person. So if they reach out through Facebook or any of the websites, they can find my email anywhere. <laughs> I'm it. That's, that's awesome. the department. That's like how so, I am too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, like, right exactly. I know it looks like a lot of different departments, but it's not. It's me, and I get really busy. So I'm sorry exactly. if I'm exactly. sound scattered. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's Sometimes so funny. The inbox in one department backs up a little. Yeah. No, oh gosh, um, that's so cool though so, that you yeah. do all of that and just seeing uh, you know after meeting you and seeing how passionate you are about it and just uh, you're so educated though like you know the the industry here of IHSA because you've done it on all these different levels. So who better absolutely. to help build <laughs> what surely needs to happen? I mean, I'm sure everybody listening that rode in college is excited and maybe they did or didn't mm-hmm. realize this is like it's not just a one-off thing or a one person did it right. at finals. It can be like a movement. Like this can, lots of people can do this. And hey, it's good for the, uh, it's good for IHSA because those are, those are class fees, right? You betcha. Exactly. And, uh, and, and the other piece is, is that we, I am really excited about getting more and more alum involved in the scholarship opportunities that we can provide for these students. Most of us remember what it was like, you know, whether or not we were able to, uh, to, to, you know, the financial side of showing was, was easier for us, but we all had at least teammates that it was tricky for them, um, whether they didn't have the money to buy the clothing or they just maybe couldn't afford all of the expenses. So there are wonderful ways that we're going to be able to work together to provide 
scholarships in names of past trainers and coaches and what or teammates. Um, Mount Holyoke is about to celebrate in 2016 the life of a team member that was cut, unfortunately, too short. But they have a trophy and a scholarship in her name, and we're going to retire the trophy in a ce- um, celebration of our 2016 nationals in honor of her. Wow. And her her experiences. And so that's something that it's really that I would love for the Alumni Association to participate in as well and to be able to provide for for our current students, obviously, in our teams, but as well for our alumni. So yeah. lots of cool things. Yeah. And then it, the other big thing is we are two years away from celebrating our 50th anniversary. That's what I was so, going to say. I couldn't believe exactly, it. Yeah. I, and everyone I told is like, they're like, they're like, Emily, that's not right. You have to check dates before you just throw them yeah, out there. Like, no, it is right. <laughs> yeah. It's like everybody was talking really about are. it at finals, but it's outrageous. Yeah, yeah. It really is. And Bob, who looks amazing, he's ageless. Right. He is our founder. I, I couldn't believe 50 mm-hmm. years. I was shocked, but that is two years. That's going to be a party, huh? It's going to be a huge party. Uh, we are. I'm so excited. And somehow I get to like help, be helpful in the social directing. I wonder why. Um, but no, I'm really excited about it. So You're lots of parties, lots of fun. Yeah. That's so cool. Really. But that would be an awesome one to qualify for if you guys are thinking about sort of like a reason to get back in the pack and get uh-huh. back into this. I just say that is going to be a historic event to go to. It is going to be Absolutely. very exciting. It's I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. It's already overwhelming with elect- just electric energy <laughs> and like I, you know how it is there. It's just like ah, yeah. you know, it's so exciting. It You're is. just like, how can we sustain this excitement for four days? But they do, right? But now <laughs> that do. I mean, that's yeah. going to be over the top. That's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be that's great. So I can't cool. wait. I hope everyone listening that's IHSA involved at all will be planned to be there in two years. Plenty of time Seriously. to plan ahead. Don't <laughs> miss it. Well, thank you right. so much, Megan, for coming on and sharing awesome. all of this great information. You guys, check it out online. Please get back in it with your teams. It is so much fun, and we would love to see you there next year. And, Megan, we'll see you there, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having now me. Now that we're friends. All right. All right. Take care. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, Megan. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. So wild. That's a great <laughs> project. She's, yeah, it is, and she's very passionate about it. You know, the Pony Club did the same thing with their adult program, trying to really get back into, get them back into the fold. And I, I think they had the same issue. I think they had a little bit more trouble than they thought they would. Yeah, yeah, it's a, hard, it's a tall order once they sort of leave the the rankings there, where you can really get in touch with them in school. It is. It's got to, and it's got to be a daunting task for somebody to kind of pull together. Well, and you know, I think plan. what happens too is uh, you you lose about twenty years with especially the women. You lose about twenty years because they're they're having kids, they're busy, and they just you know they're running the kids all over. They don't have time for themselves really. And then when they get back into their forties, is when you start to get them back. Uh, yeah. So and that's hard. And I don't know how like you overcome that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. But that sounds like there's. I mean, there's so many that that's already even if you just calculated the 40 and overs are coming back. That's a huge number that can come back and show, which like everybody loves it. It's so much fun. Very good. But that's hard for Megan, I guess, to access everybody. But anyway, right. we will stay tuned on that because that's an exciting project. So we have our last segment coming up, our very own ringside girl, Jennifer Blumenthal, bringing us some fun stuff. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hello. Hello. How are you today? We're good. <laughs> You're back in New York, huh? 
I'm back in New York. I'm actually on my way to the Old Salem Spring Horse Show. I'm in the car. Oh, I'm boy. driving there. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know the service in that area. If we lose you, we'll call no, you I back. Think, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. I see lots of uh, okay. phone towers. Um, <laughs> okay. So good. that's what I'm hoping for. Lots of little cell bites in the air. Um, I just left, and I'm on my way, and I'm excited to go to the horse show for the next two weeks and see everybody. So this is Spring Charities, is that right? No, I don't think the Old Salem Spring Horse Show is a charity horse show, but it's one of, oh, it is, I'm sorry, it is a Spring Charity Horse Show. And it's like, you know, it's one of the, I, I consider it the start for the Spring Horse Shows up here in the in the New York tri-state area. Um, it's a, You see a lot of really great riders come out, and the grass field is beautiful. It's the same field that they jump on for the American Gold Cup, and I'm going to go out there and see what's happening and I'll report back to you the next time we talk. But I have yeah, had definitely. the busiest um, spring. I've already been to, I went to Rolex this year. Oh, wow. And I saw... Did you, was this your first time? This was my first time ever going to Rolex. So I went with barn manager, uh, Nicole, who was on earlier. We went to set up for barnmanager.com and it was amazing. And I like from a like a show jumper uh perspective i was like what is this this is crazy they're so brave there was i mean literally it was just galloping and then these huge jumps and they were scary and it was funny we um we were standing there and there was like a a four to a four a bending four to a four but you jump down into water then jump over the duck and you jump up out of water and i was like this is ridiculous this is so hard who could even <laughs> and then in the so pour- oh, and in the pouring down rain. No, pouring no, down it didn't rain. rain. It didn't rain. It rained before, but when it, they actually opened, when they started, I think they pushed back the start time. When it okay. actually started, it wasn't rainy. It was, the ground was a little wet, like a lot of people did scratch. But it was fun because it was such a different way to be a spectator. Like, I'm used to going to Old Salem, sitting down with, like, my Diet Coke or something on the hill and watching the Grand Prix. But here I'm like trucking along, walking the course. You know, you kind of walk from side to side to catch the next jump cue. You wait for the whistle. I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this. Roll, um, eventing just got a new fan, and that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I know. I was bummed I couldn't go. You texted me saying you were going. I was like, oh, I wanted to go. I've never been either. It looks like such an event. We had some shirts there, though. So we had East representation. No, it was, it was great. And, you know, I haven't been to Kentucky in a really long time. I think like the last time I was there about five years ago and it's such a, like to me, I, when we drove into the state, I was like, ah, horse country. This is so nice. Like everything just speaks horse. you know, the community is built around it. It's the center. It's what do they call it? The capital of the horse world. And, um, you know, I know that this week I think starts the Kentucky spring horse shows as well. So while Old Salem's going, we have the Kentucky Spring Horse Shows at the horse park. They just right. wrap Rolex, and they're starting the Spring Horse Shows. Which is really cool. So next year, um, we didn't bring this up when Megan was on, but they are going to move IHSA finals. It kind of rotates around the country. It's going to go out there to Lexington. They'll have IHSA finals, which was this past week. And the week before, they're actually going to run um, IEA finals, which is the the high school riders. I, I, did that. I guess that's like, did you? Oh, it's I fun. Did that. It was so much fun. You were, we were, it was so much fun back then. It, I, it was a great program. And I 
I remember uh, you would compete against all the different high schools, and we had our yeah. varsity leathers. They give us varsity yeah. letters as if we were like football players. <laughs> totally. It's so much fun. It's such a great experience. So they're going to have those finals out there. And then IHSA finals. Did you ride in college or no? I didn't. Um, no. It was NCAA at my school. Um, mm. They did not okay. have IHSA. Okay. Well, they they will have those IEA finals out there, which is so much fun. And then the IHSA and then launches right into what we're talking about, the spring series, which is yeah. uh, it's like jam-packed over there. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, these two spring horse shows are huge because people have taken a rest from the winter or people are just gearing up from not even showing during the winter. And it's like a little bit of a debut. I mean, there are, I would say, definitely other small, more regional shows that are happening, like Garden State in New Jersey and other horse shows of that sort. Um, and definitely whatever is happening in California. But um, the spring horse show, I, th- I was just talking when I was at Rolex, we had dinner with a friend of ours. And she was telling us about the split rock jumping. Um, wait, did I say that wrong? Split, split rock. Um, split rock tour, yeah. Split rock tour. Sorry, that was like a tongue twister. Like Sally felt it is a tongue twister. I totally just messed that up. I could say that, but I can't say split rock. Sorry, we've been um, messing up IHSA all day. You're yeah, in good company. <laughs> so we were talking about it, and it, she was telling me all about it. How it's FEI. It's a three star. It's, there's a hundred thousand Grand Prix. Um, it's going to be. It's nicely placed in between the Kentucky Spring, and then you can do Split Rock, and then you can go to the first of Tryon Summer. And it's a nice option for people who want to get FEI um, ranking points, but aren't going to Europe. I think it's a really nice, you know, combination. And you know, the way I think it's being presented is it's supposed to be like a European horse show. So it's taking what is already like the standard European format and bringing it to the United States, similar to what we saw at, um, in Miami. Right. Yeah. That is exciting. Now, this is the first year that they're doing that split rock tour. Yeah. So the, the first date is May 22nd to the 24th. And then the second date is in October. I think it's October 9th. I'm not hundred percent on that. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you it's going to be a limited number but it's not just for the competitor but it's also for the spectator or for the sponsor like they created all these different packages and it's really supposed to be you know an an entertainment event but it's going to draw in spectators like that's my favorite theme whenever i talk to you guys i'm all about spectating because that's what's going to keep the sport alive agreed totally so that's cool because i'm not familiar with the venue i know um it's Derek Braun, isn't it? Derek Braun and yes. is putting it out. So I've heard a little bit about the venue and, and that it's really, really high end, so nice. But I, but you do wonder that. What is it going to be like for spectators? The whole thing, the footing. I mean, you have to have it all. It sounds like they've got the horse side down, but I'm happy to hear that, uh, that it's spectator friendly. That's We need venues like that. It needs to be like we were just talking about Devon. I mean, that the fact that they've got the little fair there and all the local people come yeah. in, that is good for our sport. That's what we want. We want to encourage those sorts of venues for sure. Yeah. I think there's going to be, you know, not there's going to be dancing and entertainment. And I saw something about like a spa section. Like there's going to be Ooh. other things at the horse show so that if you come to watch, you're not just waiting around, you know, hurry up and wait. You're going to be able to do other things and enjoy yourself and make a day of it. It's kind of like, you know, people want to come watch in person and they all, but they don't want to be bored. So you have to have other things to offer the spectators. 
Um, yeah, for sure. And that's so a profit think, center. It's good yeah, for everybody. They're also uh, Guillermo Jorge, who's going to be the course designer for Rio for the Olympics. He's going to be the course okay. designer for Split Rocks for this show. I don't know if he's going to be doing October, but that's nice. You know, it's nice to see that the ground people and the course designer are also top quality. Yeah, for sure. You do like to see that. It's sort of as the information comes out. I mean, it's looking like a, a really legit spot to show. I I'm, I'm, can't wait to uh, to hear about it. Did you say you're going out there? No, but I want to. I When we were leaving Kentucky, I was like, I don't want to leave. Let's just do another day. I was like, let's go, let's go touring. We had a friend in from California who um, she literally just booked herself for the week to stay in Kentucky and enjoy it as a horse person and do all the and see everything and, you know, maybe drink a little bourbon. <laughs> that's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I want to get out there too. Uh, well, next year, since the, I'll, I'll have to, I want to bring the horses, um, which I'm hoping I'll be able to mash it all together. But for sure, um, I'll be out there for IEA and IHSA to set up as a vendor since we're sponsors of those organizations. But then it's like right smack the next week of spring series. So I'm like, thinking, well, maybe I can just finagle getting all the ponies out there and experience that. Everybody says it's amazing. I think that's a good plan. I'll meet you there. Let's do this. <laughs> Perfect. And then me and Gwen are going to Spruce Meadows. So okay. <laughs> we I'll already have the too. whole year planned out. <laughs> <laughs> so no, funny. There's so many there horse so many. shows that you, I just want to go. I want to compete at, but I also want to just go to watch because they're just they're such nice places to be and you get to, you know, see I don't know. The horses jump differently in different environments. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to see them on the grass. You want to see them here. Like, it's just, it's nice when it's refreshing. You know, I think after the winter circuits, when you're in a place for so long, whether it's Ocala or Wellington or Thermal or Gulfport, it gets a little dull. It's nice to go different places and see the way the animals react to different environments. Oh, yeah, no, totally. It's such a game changer and out on the grass versus in the arena. Now, did you go and watch Vegas at all? I watched it from my computer on my TV. Yeah, me I too. streamed it. <laughs> a lot cheaper that way. But it was great. Totally. I like, have a roommate and she makes fun of me because she's like, really, really, we're going to watch horses jump? And I'm like, yes. And I stream it to the television. <laughs> That's what I do too. And I, I watched every every round of all the days and uh it's so much fun the live streaming we were just talking about that earlier in the episode the uscf network has done an amazing job of making yes. this available to all of us so all these shows i mean we would just it does speak to how busy the show calendar is because like half of the shows we're all discussing are like on conflicting dates <laughs> like you have to pick one of however many shows around the country top shows but live streaming is so so much fun you guys definitely want to be a live streamer um My- this, it's Split Rock, as you said, is going to have some FEI classes. Yeah, and I, they're doing live streaming there as well. I, I'm interested Figured. to see that. I'll probably watch it to yeah. see like, how it goes. It's funny because I've, you know, we spend a, at Bar Manager, we spend a lot of time on social media following, you know, our clients. Like, for instance, Will Coleman, who ended up sixth at Rolex, one of our clients. So we're always kind of just keeping up with everybody. But I always notice that people are always taking photos of there are two screens that they have up. So they might have two computers up watching two different horse shows, and maybe they have one computer with several windows open streaming different places in Europe and states, wherever they may be. And it's like such a funny thing, but it's so common now for people to watch multiple horse shows at one time. That's hilarious. It is. It's becoming it's a thing. Like so you guys are, are listening to the radio. Bar. 
Someone should open yeah. a bar, just like football bars, where they have all the horseshoes. <laughs> you test. totally Maybe could. Easier. There are that many shows. Global Champions. I did break down and I bought FEI TV because I'm like serial live streamer now. Oh yeah, it's just awesome. I have it too. But well, we're gonna check in with you next month on some of these other events. So. Stay posted. Thanks so much for joining us, Jennifer Blumenthal. We love talking to you. Love talking to you guys, too. I will talk to you next month. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a busy show you had there, Emily. It was busy. I, I tried That's to good. I like it less busy each time, just so you know that I'm like, I want to just <laughs> not feel rushed. I'm going to try to just keep it just really simple, and then it just gets crazy. Well, that's okay. I, I like it that way. I like <laughs> it that way. It's fun. Because I'm trying to rail it in and I can't. So this is it. This is what you get jam-packed. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrific. Well, thank you so much. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, Emily is here on the first Tuesday of every month. You can go listen to past episodes of The Jumping Show. And you can listen to past episodes of The Jumping Show at horsesinthemorning.com. And, of course, if you want to listen to Horses in the Morning, the recorded version, and not live, the best way to do that is through our app. It's free, and it's easy to download. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the iOS or Android app store on your phone or your tablet. Download the app, and it is so simple. You can stream the shows. You can download them to your phone and listen on a plane. You can listen while you're cleaning stalls, driving, whatever. Uh, It's just the simplest way to do that, and Horses in the Morning is one of eight different shows that we have on the Horse Radio Network. And we would love to have you take a listen. To listen to Emily's show specifically, just go to horsesinthemorning.com and search for Emily Thompson in the search bar. It'll bring up all of her past episodes, and you can take a listen right there on your computer to past episodes of the Jumping Radio Show. Emily, it's been a pleasure. I hadn't talked to you all month. That's unusual. We usually uh, chat it and is. get together, but it's been I busy. know. It has been busy. Yeah, we need to keep up more. I have fun. We, we, have, we have great combos. Well, if you're driving through Ocala on your way north, let us know, okay? I will uh-huh. for sure. I know. Yeah, we, we can't go all six months like this, all five months. We'll have to meet up <laughs> something. Well, I'm going to come Definitely. back down when, when the, the one mayor has your baby. But for sure, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Lots of fun. All right. Sounds good. And, of course, you, you can be found at what website, Emily? What's that website at the Equestrian. Again? It's com. Check it out. Really cool gear, custom options and all on Facebook. Sequestrian.com. Thanks, Emily. Later. We'll be back tomorrow. Jamie will be here for our Wednesday show.